You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, y'all glad you're in church today? Woo, glory to God. Better than being in the hospital, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Good to see a bunch of you. I know most of you, but there are new faces I haven't seen before. So I'm Larry Hutton. Pastor said he didn't introduce, needed to introduce me, but every time I come, there's 50 new people <laughs> that don't know me. So, so I was born and raised in Florida, lived there for 27 years, tried to find a beach bunny because I, I was a beach bum living in Florida. So I tried to find a beach bunny, couldn't find a beach bunny. So I went to Colorado and found a snow bunny. Married her 41 years ago. She's my best friend, and I love her to life, and I wish she was here to introduce. But just so you know, this, well, I was going to say it could be my last time preaching here, but I, it'll be my last time preaching here without Liz. And that's because, watch, watch this now. You, you really want to clap after this. That's because Pastor Pam told me I can't come anymore without her. <laughs> She said, she said, don't you even call Pastor Mark up and say you want to come unless Liz is coming because I'll just veto it. <laughs> That's kind of put into my words, but it was close to that, wasn't it? So anyway, praise God. Good to be back with y'all. I wanted to start the service. I got a, a special message that the Lord put on my heart to share with you. But before I do, I wanted to share a testimony. Um, about how cancer attacked my body last year. And this was just right after I left here. I was here in June. It was right after I left here. I had a growth start growing on the side right next to my ear here, this left ear. And um, I didn't pay it any attention. I just continued to do the work of the Lord and travel and preach and teach. And, but it started growing and getting bigger and started getting painful. And, and uh, so then I started attending to it more, speaking the word of God, taking the word of the scriptures that Jesus bore my sickness and disease and what he bore I will not bear. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from destruction. Exodus 23.25, he blesses what I eat and drink, take sickness away from the midst of me. Exodus 15.26, he is the Lord who heals me. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripe blow bruise we are healed. Galatians 3.13, that I am redeemed from every curse of the law because he was made a curse for me. Amen. And and Psalm 103, don't forget his benefits. He's forgiven all your sins, healed all your diseases, redeemed your life from destruction, crowned you with love and kindness, tender mercies, satisfies your mouth with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. So I just kept standing on the word, speaking the word, and that tumor kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I knew the devil was trying to take me out. He doesn't like me. He hates my guts, actually. But the feelings are mutual. And, and, and besides that, I have dominion over him. He doesn't have dominion over me. So, so I just continued to seek the Lord. But I knew that it was serious. And I got before the Lord. I spent about three days fasting, just water only, just fasting and seeking the Lord about this particular situation because the tumor had gotten so big now on the side of my face that I could not lay on that side of my face at nighttime to sleep. And I, I like to sleep on my sides, and I like to, I'm the kind of guy I like to turn from side to side during the night, one side to the other, you know. But I couldn't because it was too painful. It hurt to lay on that side of the face. And uh, so I was praying and fasting, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that is cancer that has attacked your body. The Lord told me this. He said, it is cancer, but he said, cancer 
is spelled with a C, and it's, it's no different than any other C word to me. Cold. Cancer. No difference to God. Neither are incurable to God. Come on. And so, so he spoke to me, and, and uh, I just took hold of the truth and uh, uh, just spent a, a bunch of time, a bunch of days in the Word of God just dousing, even though I know the Scriptures that I just quoted and, and others, I just doused myself in the Word of God, just saturated myself. How many of you have the Heaven's Health Food CD? Let me see your hands. You have the Heaven's Health Food. See, a lot of you do. Well, I was just dousing with all those Scriptures, just listening, listening, but I wasn't just listening. I was speaking them out. And then all of a sudden one day, this was uh, probably September of last year, um, I decided, you know what, I, it's time to do what Mark eleven twenty two and 23 says. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God, and then verse 23 tells you how to use it. You speak to the mountain to be removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, you believe what you say should come to pass, you will have what you say. And so I cursed that tumor and commanded it to wither and die. Well, before it did, let me show you what it looks like. You guys got that queued up back there? Go ahead and put it up. So that's what the tumor looked like. You can see why I couldn't lay on that side of my face because it was too painful. And uh, that, the black on the outside, I had torn off the scab because it kept growing, getting ble- uh, bleeding. And I'd torn off the scab. When I tore it off, it looked like tentacles. Like it just wanted to just spread through my whole body, you know. It was just like it was wanting to metastasize. And so, so I cursed it. I just drew the line in the sand and I said, tumor. In fact, you can go ahead and turn it off. It's too ugly to keep looking at. <laughs> in fact, I got to tell you all, when I took that picture, my wife, you guys, a lot of you know Liz. When I took the picture, she said, honey, what are you taking a picture of that ugly thing for? I said, honey, I got to have evidence. I wanted evidence because I already knew I was healed. I already knew the end result was the tumor would have to disappear. It could not stay. I won't allow it to. And what I won't allow, my father won't allow. So I already knew that, but I had to have evidence because just telling someone, oh, yeah, I had cancer and, you know, I cursed and it died. That doesn't do as much as when you look at something ugly like that and see it. And now if you want, after the service, if you want an after picture, just come and take a picture of my face. Or if you want to touch it or feel it or see, make sure it's gone. Somebody asked me where it went. I said, back to hell where it belongs. Let me tell you something. Let me, I I got some uh, revelation and understanding during that time because medical science, not God, not his word, but medical science has blown cancer up to be this monster. So when people hear the word cancer, most people get into fear. And I can see why, because I had fear attack my mind like I've never had in my life. I've I've had, I've been healed of incurable diseases when I was 22 years old, been healed of other things that have come against me. But I'm telling you, when this thing attacked me and you you can't not see it, you see it every morning in the mirror, (laughs) you you can't not feel it when you're in bed and just, it's there all the time just, and and the devil and evil spirits want to talk to you about it all the time. So I had this fear coming against me, but listen, I never allowed the fear to stay. It came against my thoughts as your wife's not going to have a husband anymore. Your daughter's not going to have a dad anymore. Your granddaughter's not going to have a grandpa anymore. Your, your friends are going to see that all this preaching you've done about God's will to heal all is, doesn't work. And, and all these thoughts coming, trying to get me in fear. 
and I refuse to fear. But listen, I'm not, I'm not bragging on myself. I wasn't being strong in myself and the power of my might. I was being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So I was using his armor that he gave me and I was dousing myself with the word continually so that all that came out of my mouth was it is written. And I had to keep doing that because of the onslaught of fear thoughts that came. And I really, Pastor Mark, I really got an understanding of why different people have died. I've known some pastors, different ones that have died of cancer. Of course, we we understand that as well. But I could really get the revelation because if I would have allowed that fear to stay, I could just be another statistic right now. I had to stand firm against that and not not even allow the thoughts that, well, I'm going to get healed. No, my thinking was, I'm already healed. In fact, I would talk to that tumor every day. I'd say, you know you can't stay. I'd point it out in the mirror. I'd say, you know you can't stay because you can't change what I am. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm already healed, and you're not changing that, so you got to go. And it was bulldog tenaciousness, and that, that picture you saw was September. By the end of October, it had completely gone. So it just, start, it just started shrinking, 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 shrinking until poof, it just gone. I mean, I would have much rather it just fell off. <laughs> but then I really didn't care because I knew that I knew that I knew that I was already healed. So no matter what, how it happened, whether it fell off in the middle of the night or whether it gradually disappeared, it didn't matter to me because I knew what I was. I am healed. This is that uh, Heaven's Health Food. For those of you, because I see new people here, the Heaven's Health Food CD is the one that I listened to during that time. I listened, people said, why would you listen to your own CD? <laughs> it's not my voice, it's, it's the scriptures that I share. And I share from many translations, and when you hear it said by many translations, a lot of times you can just get a hold of it better. In fact, you guys have that queued up, don't you, back there? I know I usually do it at the end of the service, but let's just flow with the Holy Ghost here. This will help somebody. Go ahead and turn it up. The New English Bible says, I, the Lord, am your healer. Yes, you are. Or our translation says, I am Jehovah, your physician. Woo, physician. The basic English translation says, I am the Lord, your life giver. Young's translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing you. Yep, yep. The Knox translation says, I am the Lord. Thank you, Lord. When the Good Speed translation talks about the diseases, it says, For I, the Lord, make you immune to them. You can cut it right there. I wanted those that haven't got it or are familiar with it to understand. We've had, so, we've had people healed of every type of cancer while listening to that CD. All kinds of sickness and disease. We've had actually people that were two different people that were clinically brain dead. And one lady, for almost two years, she was hooked up to life support system. And the doctor told her twin sister that was in the hospital room, if your, if your sister ever comes out of the coma, she'll be a vegetable. She's brain dead. There's no brain activity. And uh, so her sister started playing this CD in her hospital room 24 hours around the clock. And... Um, about 10, I don't know if it was the 7th day or 10th day, but somewhere in there, the lady that had been in the coma for two years with no brain activity came out of the coma completely healed by the power of God. 
But now listen to this. Listen to this. Here was the miracle that I, I thought, yes, it was wonderful. She was healed and made whole. But, but it was the word of God. God sent his word and healed her and delivered her. But this was the cool thing. This lady, before she went in the coma, when she got in an automobile accident, ended up in the coma. When she went into the coma, she was just a, a nominal denominational Christian. She, did, she was born again, but she did not know one scripture in the Bible about healing. When she came out of the coma, her sister gave us this testimony because her twin sister came and told us the testimony. She said, when my sister came out of the coma, she came out of the coma quoting the scriptures with the CD. And she could quote the whole thing. That shows you the real you. The inward man never sleeps. You're an eternal being, so you can hear even if the body can't. Amen. Amen. And so uh, that's available after, after Pastor dismisses us today. That, we have that CD out there. I, always, I also put that CD on a USB. Uh, you can buy the, the CD for 15 but I decided to put the USB with Heaven, Self, Food, and Love Scriptures. I know a couple of you have the Love Scriptures that we have. Love Scriptures is just like that one you just heard, except it's, and instead of Health Scriptures, it's on Love Scriptures which you're going to get some real revelation today, and that's what the Lord told me to talk on. So this, the USB is only $20. It contains two $15 CDs, normally 30 So you can get the USB if you want. You can get it that way. But one thing that I attribute my confidence and boldness to um, is years ago, the Lord told me, He said, I want you to write down a verse of Scripture. I want you to look at it all day long, and I want you to speak it out of your mouth out loud so your own ears can hear it. And so I did that. I started just speaking 70, 80 times a day, I would speak that scripture because the Lord didn't give me a new scripture. He He told me to keep doing the same one every day. And so like by the fourth day after you quote it 70, 80 times, four days in a row, I could quote the verse backwards. (laughs) And I really thought that I knew it, but I didn't realize all I had done was memorize it. It hadn't become a part of me yet. And so the Lord told me to do it seven days in a row. And so I did it seven days in a row. And by the seventh day, something had happened. It had gone from memory to knowing. On the inside, you have a knower. (laughs) When you know the truth, it makes you free. Not when you memorize the truth, it makes you free. Not when you hear the truth, it makes you free. When you know it. And I just saw that difference. Something had happened. So the Lord had me do a new verse the second week another new verse the third week, another new, but just seven days on one scripture. Now I could do my daily Bible reading stuff like that, but as far as the meditations all day long, speaking the word, I was just focused on one verse of scripture for a week. The Lord said, what if you do this for one year? Well, my lightning fast mind thought 52 verses. That's a lot of scripture that you could actually quote out of your mouth from your heart, not just from your head. What if you do it for two years? Aha, I see those lightning fast minds thinking, 100, 104 verses of Scripture, you'd know more than a lot of preachers know. (laughs) So the Lord had us put together a deck of cards with 52 verses of Scripture on it, and I know a lot of you have it. We sold out this last time, so I brought them back again, but that's available also at our product table back there, so take advantage of that. I tried to bring enough this time. I thought, you know what? Everybody keeps buying more than one. They buy one for themselves, and then they buy one for their friend or family member or graduation gift or wedding gift, and they make great gifts. But uh, 
Get a hold of the Word of God. Make it a part of your life. That's what changed me uh, years ago when I got healed at 22 years of age. That's what changed me when the cancer attacked my body last year. It's what kept me stable and firm was the Word of God. I would not waver because God said if you waver, you'll be like the wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed and you won't receive anything of the Lord. We have to receive, but we have to stay strong in faith to do that. And to do that, you've got to stay full of the Word. So that's back there. And since I'm making announcements, I might as well just go ahead and finish here. Um, And then I'm going to give these things away. Y'all like free stuff, right? I'll do that at the end of the service. So if you leave early, you're going to miss out. (laughs) Try and hook them in, right, Pastor? So uh, my wife's favorite CD back there is Power Up. That's just like the one you just heard, Heaven's Health Food. This is victorious living scripture. She loves it because it just emboldens her, gives you strength. And in fact, those of you that were here Wednesday night service, you might understand when we talked about be strong, this would be a great addition for that power up scriptures. And then the wisdom scriptures is one of my favorites because God says wisdom is the principal thing. It's the key to everything with God's wisdom. And if you get it, riches and honor, health, uh, Blessing, all the blessings of heaven are yours when you get full of wisdom. So what we did is we took all of the Proverbs from Proverbs 1 to Proverbs 31, verse by verse, just like you heard on that many, many translations with music behind my voice. So that's back there as well. And then um, uh, we, we announced on Wednesday night, but I told them on Sunday I was going to announce it again. If you have been a tither or... Uh, giver or you believe God for finances and you're still not financially free, get a hold of my book, my CD series, Divine Economics, or my book, God, the Gold, and the Glory. We got, my, got the book back there, God, the Gold, and the Glory. Actually, both of them are totally different, but uh, both of them contain some of the same stuff. But Divine Economics is what I tell people. I said, man, if you're a tither and giver and you're still not financially free, get a hold of Divine Economics. And then the last thing I'm going to mention is... Um, we were talking about yesterday when we were out to dinner together, we were talking about how people get healed from incurable diseases when they get their emotions lined up with God's peace and joy. Because stress and depression and discouragement and frustration and hopelessness and guilt and shame and all of those negative emotions, anger, bad temper, all those things will actually cause your body to go awry, cause your body to do things that can't be diagnosed by doctors. And once you get where you start living in the peace of God and the joy of God all the time, and it's possible because Jesus came into my room years ago and taught me how to do it. I didn't learn it from a book. I didn't learn it from another preacher. I didn't learn it at Bible school. Jesus taught me what I learned, and I learned how to live in peace and joy. So I haven't had a down day in years, and I refuse to have them. I will not have them. I will not fly off the handle, bad temper. I'm not going to have a depressed day, discouraged day, a a stress-filled day, a worry-filled day, a strife-filled day. I just refuse because Jesus showed me how to do it. So if you want to learn, if you've not learned that, then my series Free From Me is back there and the book that goes with it, Internal Affairs, Emotional Stability in an Unstable World. All right, y'all open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1. 1 John 5, 1. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. In other words, you believe Jesus is the Messiah. 
He is the Savior of the world, the Lord and Savior. If you believe that, then it says you are born of God. So how many of you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? He's the Lord. He's the Savior. Right? All right. So it says you're born of God, and everyone who loves Him, who begat, in other words, that's God, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. So in other words, we love everybody else that's begotten of Him, right? So whoever believes, this is what I want you to focus in on, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everybody say, born of God. So that means you are offspring of God, right? Born, since you're born of God. I mean, if a, if a dog has offspring, then they're born of a dog. They're a dog. If a cat has a baby, they're born of a cat. They're cat. So you're born of God. That means you're a God being. You're born of God. All right? Let's jump back one chapter to chapter 4 now. Look at 1 John 4, 8. It says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is what? God is love. God, everybody say, God is love. love. Everybody say, I'm born of God. God. Say, God is love. love. So my question to you, what does that make you? If you're born of God, then you're born of love. That means you are a love being. You don't just have the love of God. You are the love of God. Now, we're talking about the real you on the end. We're not talking about your physical body or your mind, will, and emotions. You have to get those renewed, which is what we're going to be doing today, getting our minds renewed to the real you, who you really are. You are a love being. You're born of God. God is love. So you don't just have love. You are love. In fact, uh, verse 7, well, look at verse 16. Verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And who abides in love abides in him and God in him. And then verse 17, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, as who is God? God is love. As he is, so are we in this world. Not just the sweet by and by, but the sweet here and now. We are love beings. Boy, that's, that's powerful. Let's, let's just make a confession. Say, I'm a love being. Say, God is love. love. I dwell in Him. He dwells in me. I'm born of God. So I'm a love being. I'm wall to wall love. So we are love beings. God made you a love being like Himself. So that, that therefore, He has given you, not just made you love, but that means He's given you His love. In fact, let's turn over to Romans chapter 5, some that, that are familiar with this. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. It says, uh, hope does not disappoint. I'm going to read from the New King James. Uh, now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. King James has shed abroad, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So I looked up these words, poured out. Again, the King James says, uh, shed abroad. I found out the Greek means to gush or to spill. So God just spilled himself into you. (laughs) He just gushed himself into you, and he is love. So 
love gushed out of him and love gushed into you. The Living Bible says this, uh, then when that happens, we are able to hold our heads high no matter what happens and know that it's all well, all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us and we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Amplified says, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has, who has been given to us. I, I was reading a bunch of different paraphrases, just getting it in my heart. But when I'm, when I'm working on writing, a, I'm actually writing a paraphrase of the Bible myself. And when I was writing the paraphrase of this verse, this is what I wrote, uh, which from I'm look, looking at the original Greek words and then writing it in today's terminology so people can understand it. This is what this literally says in the Greek, this verse. We make no apologies for what we anticipate and hope for. God the Father sent God the Holy Spirit to pour himself into us. And now we are just like him, love beings from top to bottom. Amen. Amen. All right, turn over to John chapter 17 with me. John 17. We're going to look at a lot of verses this morning, so have your your turners ready. (laughs) You know what I mean? Get that Turner finger going. <laughs> Whether you're doing it in your electronic Bible or your leather Bible. John 17, 26. Jesus said, I've declared to them your name, talking to the Father, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Let me read my paraphrase. I have taught them all about you, Father God, and will continue to do so. Yes, they will soon know that the love you have for me will be in them, and I'll be living in them too. I believe this is revelation that few have understood, that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. People have a hard time understanding that, but just think about John three sixteen. God so loved. Well, God is love. That's what he does. That's what he is. So God so loved, but it didn't say love Jesus. It said he loved the world and he gave Jesus. That means God loves you as much as he does Jesus. And his love for you is not based on your good deeds, not based on your performance, not based on your living right. His love for you is is based on uh, his... Him, actually based on him and him alone, completely. He is love, so his love for you is totally based on him and what he is and what he gave you when he gave you Jesus. When he gave you Jesus, he gave you himself. He gave you his love. God commends, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God commends his love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This was commending his love for us. The message said... God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. My paraphrase of this verse, deity himself, the supreme God of the universe, has joined himself to us and given us his approval and favor. Instead of letting us die in our sinful state and because of his love and affection for us, he sent Jesus. The Messiah, the anointed one, who took our place in death and in exchange gave us his life. That's a good paraphrase. Let me read Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 to you from the New King James. This is Titus 3, 4 and 5. 
chapter 3 and verses 4 and 5. When the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That was the kindness and love of God appearing to us. Let me read my paraphrase. Uh, But when God, who is always good, saw our sinful and messed up lives, he gently stepped in. His love and kindness was revealed to mankind when he, as a deliverer and savior, came. He did not save us because we were good enough or did anything right. It was because of his compassion and mercy. He used the Holy Spirit to wash us and caused us to be spiritually reborn, restored, and made right with himself. Hallelujah. We're talking about the truth that God has made you a love being and given you his love. Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. We'll read a couple more verses here in 1 John 4. Let's read verses 9 and 10. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let me read my paraphrase of this verse. It says, Our God, who is love, has made it apparent that he loves us and has given himself completely to us. He demonstrated his love for us when he sent Jesus on a mission to the human race so that mankind could once again have the life of God in them. Verse 10, God's love was given to us not because of our love for him, but because he loved us. That's why he sent Jesus to take our place so that the demands of sin and its penalty would be paid in full, and then he could restore us to a right relationship with himself. I get so excited the more I learn about God's love. And you know what I found out? The more I learn about how much God loves me, the more my faith works. Which is what Galatians, the whole chapter, fifth chapter, and down to the sixth verse is all talking about is God's love for you. Wow. When God made you a love being, he gave you his love. You are mixed with love like chocolate with milk. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever taken a glass of white milk and got some Hershey's chocolate syrup and poured it in and stirred it up. Once you mix the chocolate in, you can't unmix it. There's no taking the chocolate out of the chocolate milk. And you are mixed with love, and you can't take it out. You can't be separated. You cannot be separated from God's love. Romans, 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 where at? Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans, the 8th chapter. Oh, this is so good. In fact, I love this. I'll read it from the New King James, then I'll read my paraphrase. I love this passage right here. So powerful. Romans 8. I'll read verse 35, and then 37, 38, 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No! Verse 37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, look at verse 38, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. See, that's where you are, in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's a new creature. Old things passed away, behold, all things come new. So you're in Christ and you can't be separated. Let me read my paraphrase here. I love this. This is one of my favorites. Verse 35, do you think that there is any human being or any other being that can cause Jesus to stop loving us? How about pressure, burdens, depression, anxiety, persecution, food shortages, lack of clothing, imminent danger, or groups of people that are hostile toward us? Can any of those things stop his love for us? Verse 37, absolutely not. We have gained a decisive victory because of God's love for us. Verse 38, in truth, I know with absolute certainty that there is nothing or no one that can separate us from God and his love. Not after we die, not while we're living, not angels, not rulers, not supernatural powers, not what's happening now or anything that happens in the future. Come on, don't shout me down because that's real good. Verse 39, there is not a barrier that's tall enough and there's not a problem or hurt that's deep enough. In fact, there is not anything in creation that will cause God or his love to turn around and walk away from us. Because we are in Christ and Jesus is in us, it is an inseparable union. Woo! Glory to God. All right, back over to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. We've known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. All right, let's go to another verse we haven't looked at. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verse 34. I've had some really good testimonies of people that have got a hold of our love scriptures, which is why I put that on that USB with health food. You can buy them separately. We have them separate back there. But um, I've got some good testimony of people that have gotten a hold of love scriptures and just realized how much God loves them. In fact, when I was in the recording studio doing the love scriptures is when it really hit me the way God had had me do it. Over the first half of the CD, when you listen to it, or the recording, if you listen to it, USB or however, but over half of it are scriptures on how much God loves you. And then some of the latter part, really about the latter third, is you letting God love others through you. But you've got to know how much God loves you for your faith to work. And it'll come alive when you get a hold of this. That's why God said love never fails. Because God never fails and God is love. But look here at John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So how can you love somebody else if you don't understand first how much God loves you? You can't love them as he loves you if you don't know as he loves you, (laughs) right? So he said, I have loved you. And then he says he's given us his love. That's God's love to us. And then 
He wants to love through us. So he said, love one another. So that's God's love through us. Listen, he says, right here, we're supposed to love others as I have loved you. As means in the, in the same manner, in the same way. See, you are an exact duplicate of Jesus on the inside. You are born of love. You're born again, born from above, so you're an exact duplicate. God has given you his love, first of all, because he loves you. But then secondly, because he wants to love others through you. I'm going to say that again. God has given you his love. He's made you a love being and given you his love, first of all, because he loves you. But then secondly, because he wants to love others through you. And you know 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. In fact, let me read my paraphrase of that. I wrote down just so I would remember to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 13, 8, where it says love never fails, and then it goes on and says some other things in that verse. But I'm just going to take those three words, love never fails, because the Greek was so much more elaborate than our English language to translate it. Literally, this is what it means when it says love never fails. Love, which remember love is God. God is love. So love is an eternal force that never perishes, never loses, and never falls from its place of power and effectiveness. That's what love never fails literally means in the Greek. Love is an eternal force that never perishes, never loses, and never falls from its place of power and effectiveness. That's why when you love other people and you don't see any change in them, don't be moved by that. Because that love is an eternal force. It won't fade away. It won't fail. It'll keep working on them. It'll keep dogging them until they come to Jesus. <laughs> love is an eternal force. Never perishes. Never loses. Never falls from its place of power and effectiveness. Let's make a confession about this. Say, God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. God has poured his love into me. I am full of God's love. I have God's love in me now. I'm a love being. I have God's love in me. I'm wall-to-wall love. I am of God. And God is love. So I am love. And the love in me and the love who I am never fails. Glory to God. Wow. That means um, you can love the same way that God loves. You can love everyone all the time. That means you can live in love and walk in love 24 hours a day, every day of the year. In fact, let's go back to that. Let's, Let's get into that John 13 a little bit more here. John 13, 34. John 13, 34. In fact, we'll read that and verse 35. John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment. Everybody say new commandment. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, you loving people the way God loves you, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples. You follow after Jesus if you have loved one to another. So verse 34 says a new commandment. The word new means it replaces old. <laughs> I know y'all are smart here, so you can, you can, a new commandment 
means it's replacing old commandment. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But let's go back to the fifth chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. And let's read something here. I want to kind of take almost a side journey, but it's going to really help you a lot. Matthew chapter 5. And let's start reading in verse 43. Now, you just read a new commandment, love others the way I love you. So that's a new commandment, must replace the old. Matthew 5.43 says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So in verse 43, Jesus says, you have heard, love your neighbor, which we know if we look at the law, love your neighbor as yourself is what he's saying, and then hate your enemy. So you have heard, so he was talking about under the law of Moses. When he said, you shall love your neighbor, he's quoting, love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, I'll just read it to you. You can make notes if you want to, or if you have time, you can turn there. But Leviticus 19.18 Leviticus 19.18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. So that's what Jesus is quoting here when he says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor. But then he says, and hate your enemy. Hate your enemy. Well, if that was really something that they were supposed to do under the old covenant, at least that would be easy. Think about that. Hate somebody that hates you. Would that be easy or what? (laughs) And I used to think that that phrase, hate your enemy, was a part of the law because Jesus said it right here. But you know what? I went back under the law. There's 613 laws under under the Mosaic laws. So it's not just the Ten Commandments. There's hundreds more after the Ten. (laughs) But I could not find anywhere in the law, and I actually went through it a couple times to make sure Nowhere in the law does it say to hate your neighbor or hate your enemy. In fact, you know what I found under the law? Just the opposite. I'll read a couple of them to you. Exodus 23, 4 and 5. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. Deuteronomy 23, 7, you shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is your brother. You shall not abhor an Egyptian, because you were an alien in his land. So the more I read the law, I found out it nowhere says that they were supposed to hate their enemy. But back here it said, Jesus said, you heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But wait a minute, notice it says, you have heard. That tells me that some religious folks have taken one part of the law and then added their own interpretation and started preaching that in the synagogues of the day, and you're supposed to hate your enemy. God never says, you go through Proverbs, you go through something, you go through the Scriptures. He says you to hate evil. He never tells you to hate people. Amen. So he says, you have heard, you shall love your neighbor. Of course, that's the one we looked at there in Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hate your enemy. No, you're not supposed to do that. But he starts the next verse, verse 44. Look, but. Okay, so here's what you heard. But now I'm making a change because I am ushering in a new 
covenant, which we just read part of that new commandment. So he says, but I say, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So let me ask you a question about loving others. You know, in verse 43, love your neighbor as yourself. Let me ask you a question about loving others the way you love yourself. Would you be better off if I love you the way I love myself or if I love you the way God loves me? Would you be better off if I love you the way I love myself or if I love you the way God loves me? Hmm. So loving you the way I love me is old covenant. Loving you the way God loves me is new covenant. Yeah. And I missed that for years um, because of love your neighbor as yourself. I thought that was what I was supposed to live by, but that is actually no longer applicable in the New Testament. Well, Brother Larry, you know, there's still people, you know, preaching that. And besides that, there are some places in the New Testament that talk about that. Okay, so Leviticus 19, remember Leviticus 19, 18 is love your neighbor as yourself, and that was the uh, law of Moses, but there are people that that preach it. So I went back under, um, or back through the New Testament every place. There's actually seven places where love your neighbor as yourself is mentioned in the New Testament. I'm going to go through them real quick just for time's sake, but uh, if you want to make a reference to them, seven places, but what you're going to see is all seven are references to the law of Moses, not telling you and me to live by the law. So watch this. Matthew, this is number one, Matthew 19, 19, where Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler about the commandments he kept. He said, you kept these commandments, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So again, this is the first one that we're talking about. It's not a scripture telling us to live by that law. It's telling us what the rich young ruler did, which they were living by the law. In Matthew, number two, Matthew twenty-two thirty-five through 39, where Jesus is asked by a scribe and a lawyer, what is the greatest commandment in the law? So again, he's talking about the law. Jesus tells him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. This is the first and great commandment. And then in verse 39, Jesus said, and then the second commandment that's great under the law is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So again, this is a scripture not telling us to live by the law. It's just a reverence to that particular scripture under the law. In Mark's gospel, we have the exact same story in Mark 12, 31, where the scribe asked Jesus, uh, you know, what's the great commandment? And Jesus said, uh, the second commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment under the law of Moses greater than these. So again, he's quoting the law, and it's just a, a replicant of the one we just saw in Matthew. Then number four in Luke chapter 10 Verses 25, 26, and 27, a lawyer is tempting Jesus, and he, it says he's tempting him, and it's, he asked him what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. So Jesus asked him what was written in the law. And in verse 27, the man answered, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. So the man was quoting the Mosaic law. So again, this was not a scripture telling you and I to live by the law. Uh, Number five, Romans chapter 13, verse eight and nine, where Paul is teaching on love. And he says, oh, no man, anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the what? The law. Now watch what he says in verse nine. 
for the commandments. So now we know he's talking about the law of Moses, the commandments. He said, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, they're all summed up in these, namely, love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul is quoting different commandments that are written in the law of Moses. He's not telling us to go back and live under the law. In fact, look at the next verse, verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love, even under the law, it was the fulfillment of the law. So he's talking about the law, and he says, love your neighbors yourself, meaning if you do that, you won't murder, and you won't steal, and you won't kill, and you won't bear false witness and all those things. So that's why he said it was one of the greatest two, two greatest commandments under the law. But again, he's not giving, telling us to live by the law. Number six, Galatians 5.14, Paul again, talking about the law, says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this you shall love your neighbors yourself. So again, he's talking about the law. He's not talking about you and I living by that law. Number seven, the last place that it's talked about, James chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. For if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you have respect of persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. So he's talking, when he, when he even talks about neighbor as yourself, he's talking about the law of Moses because he points that out in the next verse, verse 9. And he says, so even if you love your neighbor as yourself, but you have a respect of persons, then loving your neighbors yourself didn't do you any good because you're guilty of all. In fact, the next verse, verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Wow. So, so again, James quotes the law, love your neighbors yourself, just like all the other six references. Every reference in the New Testament is a quotation of the law when it says love your neighbors yourself. Do you understand how a law works? A law makes you do it or else. You and I were never supposed to love someone because we have to. Well, it's the law. That, that, that reminds me of a, a, a joke of a young man at his engagement party. He was ta- talking to his grandpa. And uh, the grandpa, uh, he said to his grandpa, Grandpa, your, your marriage to grandma is legendary. Everybody talks about it. Um, man, I mean, it's just... Every, you never fight. Everything always goes well between you. What is the secret to your marital success? And the grandpa leaned back in his recliner, and, and he said, Well, it all started way back on the day we got married. We were actually on our way home from the wedding in our horse and buggy. And uh, we got about a mile down the road or so, and the horse started acting up, and so I pulled out my whip, and I calmed it down. At the same time, I heard your grandma whisper quietly, that's strike one. Well, we got a little, little, little further down the road or so, and that horse started acting up again. As, and as I'm picking up that whip to calm that horse down, I heard your grandma say, that's strike two. Well, we got on down the road a little bit further, and that start, horse started acting up again. And before I could do anything, I didn't have time to pick up the whip. Your grandma picked up a shotgun and shot that horse in the head. I said, what in the world did you do that for? And she looked at me with a quiet voice and said, that's strike one. 
So son, that's what we owe our marital success to. <laughs> well, that, that is not how we're supposed to love one another because I have to, or else strike one, strike two, and you're dead. <laughs> so John, here, John, back to John 13, 34, a new commandment. New, everybody say new. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you love one another. In fact, this commandment, you remember that when you go to 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, that that was written by John. That's deep revelation, isn't it? But in case you didn't know that, maybe you're new in the gospel and you didn't know, but so we're going to go over to 1 John. John just says a new commandment. And of course, it was Jesus written, so John recorded it. But John says something else that is the same thing in 1 John chapter 3. And let's look at verse 23, 1 John 3, 23. This lets us know that there are two commandments that we as New Testament believers are to live by. Not, not 10 commandments, not 613 commandments. There, there are two commandments that we're supposed to live by. Look at 1 John 3, 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So there's commandment one. And... Love one another as he gave us commandment. Not love one another as Moses gave us commandment. Love one another as Jesus gave us commandment. So there's two commandments that we're to live by. Number one, believe on the name of Jesus, which means you're believing on all that that name entails. Not just believing to get to heaven, but you believe in what that name entails. And that that goes a long ways. And then number two, love one another as he, Jesus, gave us commandment. Well, John's the one that wrote, a new commandment I give to you, that you love others the way I loved you. So Jesus gives us the new commandment of love, loving them the way God loves you. Let me compare. Let's see. Love your neighbor as yourself, old commandment. Love, love others the way God loves you. So the old commandment, I'm going to love you the way I'm loving self. And if I'm not loving self right now, you're in trouble. <laughs> not feeling good about me right now, screwed up, messed up. I'm not, and I'm going to love you the way I'm loving me right now? <laughs> so that's Old Testament. I'm going to love you the way I love self. New commandment is I'm going to love you the way God loves me and get rid of self. Did you get that? You get rid of self. You die to self when you love people the way God loves you. Aren't you glad God loves you because he is love, not based on what you do or haven't done? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Wow. So a new commandment, because of the new commandment, then that's why Matthew 544, if you want to turn back there, that's why we're able to do And that's why Jesus said, but I say, after he said, love your neighbor as yourself, but I'm telling you a new commandment, love your neighbor, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that pray for you, or do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. These four things I incorporated many years ago because I saw it in my first mentor, the late Curtis Bradford, and then I saw it in my second mentor, the late uh, Kenneth E. Hagan. I saw those two men set an example of love where they loved people regardless of how they were treated, regardless of what people said or did to them. And so I made it a purpose in my life. I'm going to do these four things. I'm going to love, I'm going to bless, I'm going to do good, and I'm going to pray. 
Love, bless, do good, and pray. Love my enemies, bless them that curse me, do good to them that hate me, and pray for those who are despitefully. And the only way you can do that is if you are a love being. They could not do this under the old covenant. That's why they didn't have this commandment. They couldn't love others the way God loved them because they weren't born of him yet. They weren't born of God. So when you were born of God, he gave you his love, which is one of the fruits of the born-again human spirit. And now you can love people, even your enemies. And when I say you can love all men, that means you can love terrorists. You can love people of other religions. You can love people of other nations. You can love rapists and murderers and perverts and adulteries. You can love people that are hateful, even hateful family members. Hateful children, hateful parents, hateful relatives, hateful wife or husband. You can love people because that's what you are. It's not what you have. Yes, you do have the love of God, but it's what you are. So love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. And verse 48, be perfect just like your father. Why? Because because you're born of love. As he is, so are you in this world. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you. Man, I've got so much more here, but I just I feel like I need to do this. Let me tell you, I wrote down what the Bible says, not all of it because I wouldn't have time, but what the Bible says God's love in you will do for you. So I'm just going to, I'll give you the scriptural reference if you want to write them down, but I'm just going to be going through these real fast. This is why you want to become what you are on the outside. You are love being, the real you is a love being. So now you need to act like it on the outside. Renew your mind so that you think that way. Get your body acting that way so you do things right. But here's all the things that I wrote down why it's so important to understand this love. Of course, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, we saw that. His love never fails. 1 John 4, 18, his love in us cast out all fear. Galatians 5, 6, his love in us causes our faith to work. John 3, 16, his love in us gave us eternal life. 1 John 4, 19, his love in us enables us to love him back. John 13, 34, his love in us enables us to love others the way he loves us. 1 John 3, 1, his love in us has made us his children. Galatians 5, 22, his love in us is a fruit of the Spirit. Not a seasonal fruit, by the way. It's a 24 hours a day, 365 days a year fruit. Amen. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 and also Colossians 3.13, God's love in us enables us to forgive others the way God's forgiven you. 1 Peter 4.8, God loves us, uh, God's love in us will cover and protect other people from having their sins defeat them. Covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Uh, Ephesians 1.4, God's love in us causes us to live free from guilt. You have a problem with that? Get a hold of the love scriptures. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 5, God's love in us proves to us that we can count on His faithfulness. Glory to God. Isaiah 54, 10, God's love in us has given us a covenant of peace that will never be removed. This is one reason I don't ever have discouraged or depressed days, because I learned about my covenant of peace with God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 7, God's love in us protects us at all times, infuses our faith with strength, keeps our hopes alive and strong, and gives us an inner fortitude to never quit or never give up. That's 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Uh, John 13, 35, God's love in us proves to others that we are walking with Jesus. 
Romans 13, 8, God's love in us is something we owe to others, a debt that will never be paid. Uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39, God's love in us is so powerful that it keeps us forever connected to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, God's love in us guides us to die to self and live for Jesus. Uh, John 14, 23, and also 1 John 5, 3, God's live, love in us helps us keep his word, helps us be doers of his word. 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, God's love in us helps us to not be selfish, but to share our lives with others. Proverbs 13, 24, God's love in us causes us to discipline our children. God's word actually said, if you don't discipline your children, you hate them. People don't like to hear that today, but it's truth. And we could, there's so many more I could go on and on. But, but the deal here is God's love in us is God himself in us. You and I, as he is, 1 John four seventeen. so are we in this world. And what does that do? It takes all the limits off your life. All the limits are taken off. You can love everyone all the time. You can live in love, walk in love, because of God making you a love being and giving you his love. Remember this in closing this morning, that his love given to you, made, made you love and given to you is twofold purpose uh, for, for doing that. To show you how much he loves you, and that you'll never be separated from that. And then to show others how much God loves through you. God has given you his love to show you how much he loves you, and he's given you his love to show others how much he loves them. The more you understand that, that God has made you a love being, then it'll be easy to love others the same way God loves you. And when, it's, when you start releasing that powerful force, phew, it, it, it won't quit. It won't back out. It'll never lose its power and effectiveness. It'll just keep working in your life and in the life of those around you. Amen. Amen. It doesn't mean you don't, because love rebukes. Jesus rebuked people. Called people hypocrites, and he's love. Called people vipers and snakes. Yet he's love. So it doesn't mean you're not going to rebuke people. doesn't mean you're not going to stand up to evil. I'll stand right up in the force of evil, and I'll rebuke them. When they tell me that what I'm saying out of the Bible is a lie, that there is no real truth, there are government officials trying to tell us that nowadays. Come on. No, we're going to stand up and be bold in these last days. Amen. Amen. And we're changing things. I said we're changing things. And we're going to see mighty things happen. That no one can Because I am moving, saith the Lord, behind the scenes the things you can't see and things you don't know. But I am moving in your government and I am moving in this nation. Don't let people tell you these lies that I am through with the United States and that I am judging this country. No, I am not. I laid your judgment on Jesus and now I am moving in this country because the devil has tried to overtake it. But I will not let it happen. I founded this nation on me, saith the Lord, and I have great things 
things in store. So you are going to see the mighty miraculous break forth like never before. It will eclipse the books of Acts. And when I start doing the things that I'm going to be doing, and it happens with the regularity of every single day, saith the Lord, you will see even the news outlets that have tried to cover me up and covered you Christians up will not be able to cover my miracles up. Because, saith the Lord, I will be doing my miracles and my healings to their grandchildren and to their spouse and to their kids and to their family and to their friends and it'll be so much me saith the Lord that even all those that have been called the fake news won't be able to fake it anymore they'll be declaring what I do and I will spread through the earth not just this nation but the earth and the earth will know the glory of the Lord like never before and billions of people will be born Born again, saith the Lord. Glory! 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 And so that will explain to you, saith the Lord, why I will be able to wrap these things up quickly. Because there have been people that say, and are even saying today, all every generation says that the Lord is returning to their generation. And so you guys are just crying wolf again. You're just saying Jesus is about to return. Every generation saith. But I am telling you, saith the Lord, that I am setting things up because it is the time. It is the last of the last days. And I am going to move so quickly that it won't take me long to wrap things up and then you will see the white horse with me, saith the Lord, on it split the clouds and take you home. Glory! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. That helped me. You know, it's amazing how people want to try and just be little things and, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming again soon. Yeah, well, look at all the billions and billions of people that are not saved. Yeah, but think about by what he just said, how quickly it could happen. I mean, just within a couple of months' time, you could have billions of people saved because the people everywhere getting healed of the miracle. Oh, and by the way, the Lord told me this. He told me this when he was prophesying through me in another church recently. Um, He said, and you're going to see Alzheimer's, dementia, Lou Gehrig's, Parkinson's, and and diseases associated with old age. You're going to see them healed and made whole as well. So, so think about it. when all of a sudden you just have all of these miracles happening everywhere and it's happening to those that are news reporters and it's happening to their families and it's happening to people of prominence, they're not going to want to stop and not say anything. They're going to want to share it and they will. And it'll get spread so quickly by all of the media that this thing will wrap up quickly. I'm telling you. So get ready. God's, God's going to use you. God's going to use you to lay hands on the sick and never come. God's going to use you to speak prophetically and speak the word of the Lord to people. Going to use you because you're going to be a light shining before men. They're going to see your good works. Yeah, that's God's works through you. They're going to see those good works and they're going to glorify your Father in heaven. Glory! 
All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, if there's anyone in this place that has never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if there's anybody watching online that has never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, let them know right now is their time. There's no better time as this that they can receive Jesus right now, wherever they're at, and be born from above and be recreated on the inside, made a brand new species in God. And and they can live this abundant life and become this love creature that we've talked about. I pray that not one person within the sound of my voice would die and reject Jesus and die and go to hell. God has made a way for every single person to receive Jesus and be born from above and go to heaven when they die. Jesus said, I am the way, the, loof, the, the, the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to God but through Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you draw them in. Draw them in by your spirit right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and Christians, you just in an attitude of prayer. If you are watching online right now or if you are in this building right now and you've never accepted Jesus... You can receive him right where you're at. If you're in the building and you've never accepted him and you want to because God never makes you do it, you can choose heaven or you can choose hell. That's totally up to you. He didn't make you a puppet. But if you're here today and you've never chosen Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you want to, then slip your hand up high enough that I can see it and I'll pray for you. And then you can put it right back down after I see your hand. Anybody in the building with the uplifted hand, you're simply saying, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus today. Anybody at all? Any hand? I've not seen a hand yet, so if you want to receive Jesus today, just slip it up real quick. Let me see it, then you can put it back down. Anybody at all? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, everyone that is a Christian, lift your hand up real high. Thank God. Give it. Use it to praise Him. Thank you. You're going, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. That's something to praise about. You're going to heaven. You're going to spend eternity with Him. That's something to praise Him about. Hallelujah. Amen. You can put your hands down. If you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus, you can do what Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord be saved. In fact, a few verses earlier before says, if you speak with your mouth, Jesus, be my Lord. And you believe that God raised him from the dead. In other words, Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sins. And you believe God raised him from the dead. If you say it with your mouth, the Bible says you'll be saved. So all you got to do is lift up your voice and say, Jesus, I believe you're alive. I believe you're real. I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now, and I thank you for saving me. Simple, simple prayer like that, and you get saved. And if you do that today, please let the church know, harvestbibleonline.org, or is it just harvestbiblechurch, stockton.org? hbcstockton.org. Oh, hbconline. Dot org. Okay, so you can do that. The church will send you some free stuff. Get a hold of me. Our ministry is LarryHutton.org. And if you get a hold of me, we'll send you some free stuff as well. So we'd, we'd love to help, uh, help get the Word of God into you so you can really enjoy the abundant life you have. If anyone here is today not filled with the Holy Ghost, we always give that invitation as well. So if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, listen, it is so important that you can pray beyond your understanding. And that's what in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul made very clear when he talked about praying in tongues. 
He said, when you pray in tongues, you are praying divine mysteries, divine secrets that your head does not understand. You can't pray them because you don't know them. But God says, if you'll get baptized in the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit, you'll be able to pray in tongues, which if some of you were here just a minute ago, the gift of tongues was given to us by the Spirit of God a few minutes ago when he used this hose. (laughs) I'm just a hose. The water flowed through. (laughs) So I don't take any credit for it. But anyway, God spoke a unknown tongue through me and then gave us the interpretation of what he said. That's that's one of the things the Apostle Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians. So if you're here and you've never heard that before, that's what happened. But let me tell you, uh, they told me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, people in my denomination told me, oh, that speaking in tongues is of the devil. I told him back, I said, well, I served the devil years and he never gave me tongues. So if tongues is of the devil, then every bar ought to be filled with tongue talkers. Yeah. Anyway, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. There's a stomach condition. Somebody has, I see a stomach condition in the spirit. Somebody being healed of a stomach condition right now. Go ahead, if that's you, any kind of digestive or stomach condition, go ahead and receive that right now. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for, I see a a disc. Now, I don't see where. Sometimes I'll see where, whether it's in the neck or in the lower back or where, but I see some disc and vertebrae situation that needs to be corrected and put in right and and remain, not just have to keep going to a chiropractor and get fixed, but remain in place. And so right now, if that's you, go ahead and receive that. God's touching you right now, making that spine, whatever part of it is, whole and strong chiropractor Jesus is doing the adjustment this time hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus we worship you Lord we worship you we worship you we worship you I see some type of nerve that's nerve damage the nerve that's been damaged being healed the power of God right now go ahead and receive that I don't care if you're here or watching online Nerve. If you've had nerve damage, the power of God right now flowing into your body, you go ahead and just receive that. Say, thank you. I take that, Lord. It's mine. I receive that right now. It belongs to me because I am love, and love never fails. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Joints, joints. I hear joints. The Spirit of God, the the anointing of God. This, This is what God says about joints. He said, if you'll trust me with all your heart and not lean to your own understanding in all my in all your ways acknowledge me I will direct your paths do not be wise in your own eyes said the Lord fear me and depart from evil it will be health to your navel and marrow moistening anointing to your bones so my anointing right now is flowing into bones driving out bad bad things what is that Lord I, it's like whatever you're saying there help me help me help me it's okay so body malfunction i see that yeah body so it's not just it's not just arthritis it's other things where where the knee or the joints are not functioning right malfunction they got to function right now in jesus name function right now in jesus name
Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen, amen.